My recorded voice. Nothing like my real voice. Your, record, your, your speaking voice. Your, oh, God, yes. Your showbiz voice. Yes, that's right. People say, who is that? You know, it's like when you do voiceovers and the, and I say, oh, my God, because if you sound too posh, they don't like it, or you sound too Aussie. And there's this weird middle ground that you've got to... And for someone who lived in Europe for, like, nearly 20 years, it's kind of... You've got to search around, you know, till you find your inner Australian, really. <laughs> <laughs> in the voice department. Well, get your radio voice on because yeah, right. it's, got, okay. it's the stage's Christmas episode. Exactly. Hello, I'm Peter Ayers, and you're listening to Stages, the podcast that converses World with World War Two gave us Rating for God over Korea. Without the arts, we are diminished. We had the kind of creative freedom. I was, I was on television as a child, and then I had I was in Cotty's Happy Hour. She leaned across to me and she said. One day, you know, you'll be doing that. Mind-boggling. They were even lined with purple leather. Uh, I went to the ABC and auditioned. I was so fit at the end of that, you could have ended me in the Melbourne Cup. I, and I still firmly believe that great work can be made in small places. If nobody's going to respect your talent, you've got to respect it. I hope I've been entertaining, that's all. Well, that's very kind of you, Peter. But you are a friend. <laughs> and as are you. Yeah, it's a date. <laughs> it's a date. This year it's palm trees and warm ocean breezes. The next may be snowfall and even some sneezes. Nobody knows. Where December may find us A jet plane can put half the planet behind us In this tiny new world Home can change any day But wherever we live Love is not far away At home Each of us has a star And Christmas will find us wherever we are Old friends and new friends We gather together A heartwarming circle No matter the weather We'll tell our new friends Of our treasures of memories And hang family heirlooms On new Christmas trees In this tiny new world Home can change any day But wherever Love is not far away At home or afar Each of us has a star And Christmas will find us Wherever we are Northern Star or Southern Cross Whichever guides us We never are lost In this tiny new world Home can change any day But wherever we live Love is not far away At home or afar Each of us has a Christmas will find us wherever we are. That's the uh, the, the wonderful Carol oh, Christmas song that we introduced in last year's Stages 
Christmas episode, uh, written by Ron Krager and performed by Lauren Schmutter. It's gorgeous, isn't it, Kate? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I loved it last year. I think I love it even better, yeah. even more this year. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and bald-headed babies, of course, that's the voice of Kate Fitzpatrick, who has joined us for the final episode of Stages uh, for this season for the third year in a row. I'm very honoured to be here. Thank you very much. Well, we're very honoured to have you. <laughs> You're a, a, a popular member of the Stages cast. So. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to be in the cast at all, I must say. <laughs> Especially such an elite one. I think it's fantastic. Well, it's, it's, it's been a tough time for... Uh, for the performing arts industry, hasn't it? It has been. Actors have done it hard. Yes, and especially if you're old and not Jackie Weaver, you're kind of stuffed, basically. <laughs> but you think I mean, so? Do, uh, do role, roles get more difficult to find? Well, I th- yeah, I, do, I think there are fewer of them, and there right. are so many of us. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that I mean, I'm making a joke about my own pathetic position, but in fact, there are wonderful, brilliant, fantastic actress, actresses. I mean, we used to say yeah. once. I mean, female actors who don't work and they don't work because there's no jobs virtually I mean but it's bad when you can't even get cast as a grandma in a kind of ad for you know Christmas pudding I think I don't look like a grandma no apparently and I am one you became a grandma since (laughs) since this time last year (laughs) I did did. Uh, Granny Kate what are you called are you called uh, Nana Nonna I said I'd be Granny, because I thought it was good, good enough for the Queen, it was good enough for me. But she calls me Gang Gang, you know, like those those red crested cockatoos, you know, those little cockies, yeah, yeah. called Gang Gangs. Well, she calls me Gang Gang, and I think honestly, and I love my son, but being a grandmother is better than being a mother. It's wonderful. She's wonderful. I love her. Is that because you get to give them back at the end of the day? Oh, I would happily take her home with me I would happily sort of just say look don't worry I'll bring her over on the weekend you know you can see no I I I suppose that's part of it you have all sort of pleasure and no responsibility I guess but but on the other hand you feel like you wouldn't mind having a second go at it and getting it right Mm -hmm. it must be exciting looking to the next few years and experiencing Christmas through her eyes oh yes Well, we put last Wednesday. We put Joe bought a very beautiful tree home, and I decorated it with her. You know, I put things on, and she'd help me. But she wasn't attaching them; they'd fall off, or she'd take things off as soon as I put them on. But it was it was fun. It took hours longer than it should have. But and then when it was finished, and we turned the lights on, she danced in front of it like a funny little pagan angel, kind of dancing in front of a Christmas tree. It was really sweet. You know, I don't remember. I don't remember that happening. I don't remember Joe doing it. So, I think. I, I guess you will spoil her rotten for Christmas. Do you know that you? I have bought her a piano? A tiny little, you know. The, oh, yes, a toy piano. A toy piano. And it sounds like. It's going to drive them nuts, but it's a beautiful little red, shiny red little piano. And it has this terrible kind of. It's not exactly out of tune as so much as, I don't know what you'd call it. It's like another kind of realm it's like from outer space kind of sound but I think she'll like it she's very musical is there a part of you I know there's a part of me that would delight in the knowledge that that piano is going to drive her parents crazy well kind of <laughs> and I did warn the parents and they, said, and they said oh we don't mind whatever makes her happy and I thought you just wait because I have tried a bit of plinking on this but, plink, plonk, plink, plonk, 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 plonk. but it does make you look at space and and at different notes and, you know, I mean, it does make you look at some things to do with it. Well, let's hope it ignites a passion for it. Well, I hope so, because yeah. she does sing a lot. So I think that's... Uh, uh, you know, she she loves and she is mesmerised by, you know, Australia. You know that song where they heard, I am, you are, we all, you know, we are one. And she, I mean, this little babe will stand in front of the TV and when they see her, she'll raise her finger in the air doing a number one and sort of... Like almost mouthing the words, and she knows all of the sort of. That's the um, the ABC theme. We are one. We are many. That one. Mm, Yeah. mm, We are Australian. Yep. Written by one of the seekers. I believe so. And she literally loves it. She stops, rushes to the television, and sings it. Well, carries on with them and does all the hand movements. 
Well, dear, dear listener, whether you're wrapping presents or prepping the pudding or stuffing stockings on this Christmas Eve, uh, Kate and I will uh, accompany as you do that and um, give you some surprises and, and games and fun over the next hour. <laughs> you're excited, aren't I you? am. I am. Oh, very good. How are you going with um, Christmas cards? Have you, have you uh, received many? Very tragic this year. Really? Yes, sir. I, I'm going to drop a name now. I usually always get one from Tim Rice, and he sent me a text saying that it is on the way, but it doesn't look like it's going to make it in time. And so far, I've only, I think, two or maybe three. I mean, normally I'd get about 15, I think. Right. So I'd, maybe it's COVID, do you think? Well, I'm glad I'm one. Yes. Well, you sent me. Well, you were the first one I got. Right. Yeah, I, I, I love um, sending Christmas cards. Yeah. And I, I traditionally do them at the end of November, so they arrive just as December starts. Perfect. And, yeah. That's See, great. that's when you should... You shouldn't be like, maybe I'll get a few next week, but it's a bit late. You know yeah. what I mean? They're kind of... I think. I think you've got to do it earlier. Well, you've think. got to be organised too, don't you? You've got to go down to the post yep. office and get the cheap Christmas stamps. And that's then you've right. got to get the cards. And then you've got to decide whether you're going to do, as I did... The charity ones. I did the Smith family because it was for children. You know, I thought, well, because of the chew, I think. Oh, my God. My granddaughter's called the chew. I'm now sort of very child-centric, even more than I was maybe before. But so I chose those ones rather than some really beautiful ones that were just expensive and not for anybody (laughs) except who, I don't know, whoever got got the profit from it it's a dying art i think um mm. the the exchanging of christmas cards what i found this year is that people are and i've had this about six times people are taking photographs of my card on the mantelpiece and texting that to me which <gasps> which i don't mind i think that's quite they say, a got nice your card way. and yeah, thank you and thank you and a happy christmas <laughs> that's kind of oh well i suppose it's all right but it's not the same is it well it's not the same but i guess we're we're moving into a new millennium and we need to uh Define what those Christmas greetings will be. And do you think we won't have trees anymore one day? Oh, well, I suppose, yeah, you've got a point. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think you've either got to go for it or not. Yeah. I mean, you've got to sort of... You know, I, I don't know. I think cards... I think it's sad about cards, but it's certainly true. And I think COVID hasn't helped. I think, you know, you've, you've almost been in constant contact with people through various means, like, you know... Messaging, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas computers. before you might have Cyber. had huge kind of gaps, but I think it's all forced us all together. So you, it's not as important anymore. Maybe the first known item that looked a bit like a Christmas card was given to King James the First of England, who was actually King James, King James, King yeah. Jong Im, yeah. King, <laughs> King James the Sixth of Scotland in 1611. Mm. Now this was more like a large ornamental manuscript cake rather than a card as we wow. think of them today. Of course we still had it. Yeah, but um, that's where it all seemed to, to start. And on the manuscript were, were four poems and a song, uh, so rather more than the verse which is on cards today. And it was folded, wasn't it, into little... I, I mean, it, do you think it was what, like those origami ones that fold out and become a big... Yeah, yeah, it had panels wow. um, that uh, could be could be manipulated depending on what you want. Uh, and a, a picture of a rose, which is not really a Christmas flower, is it? But um, it carried a Christmas and New Year message to well, the Well, there, there is a rose called the Christmas rose, I think. Oh. I know. I think it's a single petal. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. Uh, but I think there is one. I think there's a, a rose that actually it, it blooms in the snow, you know, in the winter. So maybe that was it. Christmas rose, yeah. A Christmas rose. Maybe it's got nothing to do with it whatsoever. Do you know anything about Christmas <laughs> cards as you Christmas card. glance well, well, I surreptitiously just, to your script? Well, I know. Well, I know that, that the cost of them was kind of interesting. It was once half a penny. Isn't that interesting? A halfpenny. A halfpenny. A halfpenny yeah. in 1870. And I mean, they started being produced 1860, so 10 well, years. Po- it needs to be affordable, doesn't it? Like the, the you know Christmas stamps now is sixty five cents as opposed to a dollar twenty or whatever, which is lovely. That's right. Well, it makes it better. It makes it easier, isn't it? Mm. And I mean, they of course they had nativity scenes on them, and and then they had bird, like robins, you know, the Victorian ones. But I think, and I, what I didn't know is that the Victorian postman had red uniforms, and they used to call them robins. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, I know. That's kind of sweet. And is, that, is that why the bird is the, the Christmas bird? Is well, the right? robin redbreast is a winter bird. Right. 
It appears so it in the winter. Out. Yeah, so it's, and it's against the snow. It's got its little red chest and very beautiful little creature. A little steam on its chirp. Yes. And they and I mean snow, of course, because well, I mean I the bad winter. What what is a bad winter as opposed to a good one in England? Well, I think very cold, lots of snow, wouldn't you think? Well, I suppose so. I have been in Paris when it snowed on Christmas Day morning and in London when it snowed on Christmas Eve. So that, and that was pretty I mean, I must say magical thing to happen. Mm. I was in Hampstead one afternoon. It looked like night because it was black outside but and all those funny little shops you know little Victorian bow fronted shops mm. and I was buying all the stuff because a lot of people were coming to lunch the next day and I had an armful of lilies and I had all these bits and pieces that I bought and I walked out and it was snowing and there was in this little village kind of with these little Victorian shops and snow and it was seriously out of Dickens you know I felt like I'd yep. sort of Transformed. You were old Mrs. Fuzzy Bottle. Yeah, oh no, I was a bit younger then. Young Mrs. Fizzywick. (laughs) And it was it was a fabulous feeling. It really felt it felt like it's supposed to, Hmm. you know, not watermelon down the beach kind of, which was my childhood. It felt like. And and one night in Paris, uh, it snowed on Christmas Eve, and in the morning, was mainly that silence. You know, this incredible no sound at all, which comes with the blanket of snow. Yes. And they looked outside, and it was like we looked from you know most apartment building old old houses looked into a courtyard, you know the big door off the street, and you go in, and it was about a foot deep in snow, and there were no footprints in it, like it was just absolutely like a blanket. It's beautiful. So, personalized oh, Christmas cards. Mm. I bet you you can't guess who the first person to be recognised as sending a personalized Christmas card was. Let me think. An American president? No. Oh. No, an American, though. Oh. Um, and a woman. A woman? Hmm? Who would be a woman that would send a... Let me think. It'd have to be someone... You're obviously suggesting it's someone you'd never think of. So it'd have to be someone... I don't know. In show business? In show business, yeah. It Was it? Yes, show business. show business. <laughs> oh, my God. Gee, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Show business... Oh, my God. Think guns. <gasps> Annie Oakley. Annie Oakley. No. Absolutely. No. In 1891. Oh, uh, she's oh my God. The famous sharpshooter and star of Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Wow. She was in Glasgow, Scotland, and sent cards back to her friends and family in the USA featuring a photo of her on the card <gasps> when she was in Scotland wearing tartan in the photo. Um, And she designed the cards herself and they were printed by a local printer. A lot of people do the family portrait or the... Yeah, the royal family do it. I have a friend who every year for the last 30 has sent out a a picture of her in the bathtub. Oh, yep. Really? Um, Wow, that's something I probably would never do. (laughs) (laughs) Some dear friends who um, have a photograph uh, with the the, the dogs, which is gorgeous. Oh, (laughs) Whoops. It's Christmas. That was coffee. Here's cheers. <laughs> yeah, we're on the coffee now. How how incredible. Yeah, yeah. You've never had a, an inkling to do that? No, no, I haven't. I, ha- I have had people in England send me pictures of, you know, when they're at home in the country, sort of photos of the fabulous looking backgrounds, but... What about Christmas letters? I can't stand Christmas letters. Oh, the things that everyone I, gets. I don't read them. No. You know, the, the standard, this is our year and... Yes. Oh, and then we went to the shop and put... I mean, no, I don't... I hate them. I loathe them. And in fact, I don't... I only get one and it's in French. So... Right. These, I used to get a few. But right. there's one now that comes and it's in French. And it is a whole year of, of a family that's quite big. Of all of the stuff that... It, they did, so it goes on for... God, it must be... It's like a book. Hours long. I know it is. Hours long. I know it's like... The end of another year, and um, throughout the year we lost um, a lot of uh, a lot of people. I know. Uh, which is very sad, and it's always nice to, to acknowledge them. Uh, only in recent weeks um, of the Stages podcast, Mr Lee Young, who was in his 90s, dear Lee. I didn't know that didn't Lee know that, died. Yes, yes, oh, he did. Oh, uh, I loved him. A couple of weeks ago. but oh, um, he, He'd him. not been well for a while, but uh, Stages interviewed him a couple of years ago. And, yeah, um, yeah. He can be found in the archive, but a great supporter of the arts. Oh, and, amazing um, and, person. And an extraordinary career, from right back working in the UK and Scotland during oh, the war yeah, years. And yeah. then well, I first years. met him when, with um, Ronnie, with uh, 
with Frankie Howard. Yes, they were great mates. Yes, because yeah. I did a, a series called Carry On Up the Convicts with Frankie Howard, and that's how I met Lee. Right. And donkeys years later, he reintroduced himself through the, um, you know, the, uh, the club. Oh, my God. You know, what's it called? The Garrick? Yes, no. No? No, here. Here? The Qantas oh, Club? No. <laughs> <laughs> and he said oh, he, that he lived in Katoomba, and I said, so does my mum. And he, um, how old was Lee when he? He would have been 96, 97, 98. That's right. Yeah, and see, mum just died too, but she was she literally was, nearly 100. Yeah. She was 99.94, like Bradman, Don Bradman's average. So oh, she wow. was, I know. And he, he went and visited her. Oh, gorgeous. I know, he, he was an absolute Gentleman. A, a gentleman, charming and wonderful. I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah. And the wonderful Bert Newton. Oh. Did you ever work with Bert? Oh, yes. I lo- well, not only on TV. Oh. Oh. I never... But he again was my mother, funnily enough. He... Uh, somehow... I, I did a quite a few interviews with him. We used to get on very well, you know, at various times over the years. And then he... Um, one day I did one with him and he was doing... What's that one where he played a teapot? Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty, yep. Yeah. Um, Cogsworth. Yes, exactly. Um, it was a clock. A clock. Yes. But didn't he play... T- oh, no, that's no, Mrs. That's Potts. that's Mrs. Potts, yes. That's, he played the clock. Mm. Oh, I beg your pardon. Oh, sorry. Oh, dreadful. Anyway, he, he... Because he had some connection with my mother, I forget, they met and got on very well and everything. So he sent tickets, like fabulous tickets, to a performance of Beauty and the Beast... And we went, and then we went backstage, and he gave her flowers and chocolates. And, oh, well, yeah. I mean, he a was very such an amazing yeah, guy. Yeah. Like, absolutely wonderful. I loved him. And the latter part of his career, doing an extraordinary number of stage musicals with, with Beauty and oh, the Beast yeah. and Grease yeah. and uh, Sound of Music. I know, incredible. The producers. I know. Yeah, wonderful. I know. Wonderful. I like, and very sad, very shocking that he should... I didn't realise what had caused it all. You know, mm. I mean, his death is terrible. Yeah, he'd not been well either. Too soon, yeah. Um, and then, um, again, a gentleman in his <gasps> 90s, but um, the great Stephen Sondheim. End of a, 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 an era for Broadway. I know. Um, one of the great, a, a titan of the yep. the songwriters, yep. musical creators. Yeah. Did you ever work in a Sondheim show? No. I always no. wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to always sing The Ladies at Lunch. I, I always, there were a couple. Joanne of, in company. Yeah. Yeah. I was there were a couple of, and it was kind of mute. It was threatened, you know, but it didn't ever happen. Right. But um, I, I, I think he's was one. Well, it is wonderful. In fact, I saw Merrily We Roll Along At two the weeks. Haze, yeah, yes, yeah. two weeks ago. And apart from the title, which I thought was such a weird title, such a you think, why is it called that? Why, I mean, it reminds me of a sort of song from the war years or something. You know, we're trying to cheer people up. I mean, I know it was ironic. And it's the title of the play that it's based on. The based yeah. on. Yeah. But I still felt somehow that there was a Songs Free from the End that had a two-word title. And I thought, what? that's a better title. Our Time. I think it's Our Time. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, I, and I'd never seen, knew nothing about it, hadn't read about it. And I said, my God, it must be autobiographical, this. It's, it was, I thought it was wonderful. And I thought it was a brilliant production. I thought they were fantastic, the cast and the direct. Everything about it was wonderful. But what was incredible was, of course, him. I mean, how amazing was he? Yeah, yeah. 91 and leaves behind a terrific legacy. One of the great um, exponents of, of sometimes work in Australia is Geraldine Turner. Yes, I know. Um, I think it's five roles that she has created really? of sometimes works in Australia. And I caught up with Jeb uh, last week and uh, talked to her a little about... A bit about Sondheim, but also she was the first uh, artist in the world to have an album, an LP, I think they were called then, of entirely Sondheim repertoire. Wow. Yeah. So here's Geraldine Turner. November 26, we saw the end of a golden era in musical theatre with the passing of the titan Stephen Sondheim. Uh, We thought we'd take a few moments in this episode of Stages to talk with... Uh, the leading exponent of the Sondheim repertoire in Australia, Geraldine Turner. Hi, Jeb. Thank you for saying that, P. Well, you certainly are. You were, I think, dare I say, the first person in the world to release an album full of Sondheim songs. That's right, first solo artist. That's correct. There'd been a lot of cast albums, obviously, and people had done albums with a few Sondheim songs on them, but 
I, I was the first artist to do a solo Sondheim album, which I wasn't aware of at all. I was, at the same time, I did two albums at once. I did this live album at the Regent Hotel Supper Club, which was a television special as well. And at the same time, I recorded the Sondheim, the first Sondheim album. I don't know why. And that was through Larrikin Records, the Sondheim album. The other one was an ABC release, uh, ABC Records, the live album. And at first it was called Old Friends, the songs of Stephen Sondheim, when it was brought out on LP. And then a few, it was uh, mid-80s, you know. 1986, yeah. was the first one. And then closely followed by um, Cleo Lane, she brought out an album. And, and then John Ju- Dankworth. Yeah. yeah. Together. And yeah. then Julie Wilson brought out a Sondheim album. Right. And so I found myself on the cover of a of show music in America with Sondheim in the middle and myself, Julie Wilson and Cleo Lane and Barbara Streisand and saying Sondheim's ladies, you know, quite extraordinary for me. Pinch yourself moment. It was a pinch myself moment and uh, on the cover. And, uh, and then a UK company reissued the record and called it the Stephen Sondheim songbook. So brought it out on both LP and CD. Um, and then, of course, years later in the 90s, I did a volume two. But that's another story. But I had done a few Sondheim song, uh, shows up until 1986. I'd done quite a few, actually. Um, most of them premieres in Australia. From my count, I think you've played about five yeah. Sondheim women's. Uh, yeah. Starting with Petra in 1972. A little 70, 73. November 73 we opened right. and at Her Majesty's Theatre in Sydney. And then played through 74. And then, uh, yeah, Petra, and I've done... Um, you returned to Little Night Music with Desiree. I did do Desiree years later, uh, in 92 or 3, at the at the Opera House, Sydney Opera House, um, for the Sydney Theatre Company. But before that, I'd done Joanne in Company in 1986 for the Sydney Theatre Company. And then, uh, oh, Night Music was 91, because in 92, I think I did um, Into the Woods, played the baker's wife. And then I played Desiree again in New Zealand uh, for an opera company in New Zealand. So, yeah, I've done quite a few. And, of course, Mrs. Lovett. I, how, how could we how forget? Could My favourite role, yes. Yeah. I did that for Melbourne Theatre Company and we did that in 1987-88 um, uh, because we, we opened in Melbourne and then we played Sydney. Wilton Morley was the producer by then. We played Sydney at Her Majesty's Theatre. And then we went to Expo and did it on the River Stage at Expo in Brisbane. So... Yeah, yeah, I, that was a favourite role of mine. I think, if I do say my, so myself, I think I was a very good Mrs Lovett. Wouldn't it be lovely to um, to, to bookend by playing um, Madame Armfelt? I'd love to. I'm putting and, it out there right now. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there would be any actor in the world who would have played those three roles. Well, I don't know, but I'd be one of the few anyway to have played Petra and then Desiree and then Madame Armfelt, that's for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I've got a good ten years to be doing that, so... Anybody out there who'd like me to play Madame Armfeld? I'm available <laughs> for it. It's a great role. Whose idea was it, the album, the, the, the Stephen Sondheim songbook, Old Friends? It was my wonderful and beautiful friend and manager, um, Bill Shanahan's idea. And he talked to Warren Fay at Larrikin Records and they decided, yes, let's go ahead and do this. And uh, Bill Motzing, who's no longer with us, did a lot of the musical arrangements. Michael Tyak was the MD. And um, we decided on the repertoire and I... It, became a sort of it sold well in the UK and quite well in America too so yeah amazing was it difficult to get sometimes permission how did you approach him or who approached him I don't know to... I didn't so I don't know about that right. I don't know yeah I really don't know but you're in touch with him during recording weren't oh you? yeah 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 and uh, no not during that recording or the other recording of the second album but I first met Steve Sondheim in the late 70s when um when I first met Harold Prince and Alan J. Lerner, amazing that I'm saying these things. I was a very young girl and uh, in my 20s and Amy McGrath put together this International Music Theatre Forum at the Sydney Conservatorium and talked these giants of the theatre to come out and be part of it. And I sang on the Australian Musicals Day. I did two shows. I did That Mrs Langtree, which was written by David Mitchell and Ray Cook, wrote the music. And Melvin Morrow, I think, wrote the book as well. And uh, and then I did, um, I, play, I played Lily Langtree in that. And then I played um, Rowie in um, 
Harp in the South, a musical version of Ruth Park's book, Harp in the South, which was written by Alan Burke and Peter Stannard, who'd written Lola Montez, of course, mm, of years course. before. So I did that and, and, you know, I knew that it had gone over well with the audience, but I was backstage changing and a little note appeared saying, we'd like you to come to supper. And it was from Hal Prince and Steve Sondheim. And I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll be available. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I found myself going to supper with them. And when I first saw Steve Sondheim, he was was in someone's house on the North Shore. I'm not sure where. And um, I walked in and he was holding a didgeridoo, he, which he didn't let go of all night. And he'd just done a tour of the Opera House, Sydney Opera House, and he was raving about the Opera House. We forget how wonderful the Opera House oh, yeah. is. I mean, yeah. you know, every time you approach it or work there and you look at that building, you think, oh, my God. But we forget how overseas visitors must feel you know um and he was just so enamored with the whole thing and uh yeah that was the first time I met him and we've known each other over the years I mean we weren't friends but certainly knew him over the years and every time I was in New York I you know he rang once when I was in a hotel and another sort of pinch me moment when I answered the phone he said it's Steve Sondheim I went oh hello as if it was you know you calling me So, look, yeah, yeah. And then I sang... The last time I saw him was when he came out for the Kookaburra Company. That's right, yeah. And... and and There was an afternoon at the um, Theatre Royal. That's right. Yeah. And I sang at that. And um, that was funny in itself because he came backstage and knocked on the door and said, oh, Geraldine, I've got a really thick cold. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm... I'm just not... Don't feel well at all. I, I, I'm so... If I'm on sitting on stage and you start to sing and I get up and walk off, it's because I want to cough and I don't want to ruin your song. I thought, oh, my God, what's that going to look like to the audience? I start to sing and Stephen sometimes <laughs> gets up and walks off. And it was being televised. Yeah. But thankfully he didn't. And he came up to me afterwards and said, Geraldine, you nailed it. So that's really nice. Nice. Do you have a favourite uh, Sondheim song? That, that you have performed, maybe from that's the really, album or a favourite yeah, yeah. lyric? Look, that's really hard. Of course, there are so many fantastic songs and so many fantastic lyrics. I mean, when your career, then your career from career to career is something that springs to mind from I'm Still Here. What a great idea that is. Yeah. But um, I guess a little song from Anyone Can Whistle called um, So Little To Be Sure Of, and the lyric I love is um, Crazy Business This, This Life We Live In. Can't complain about the time we're given. With so little to be sure of in this world, we had a moment, a marvellous moment. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful, Mm. absolutely. Well, what a lovely way to remember the greatness of Mr Sondheim. Absolutely. Through this little chat with you now. Oh, darling. So thank you. To borrow a a lyric from another, uh, well, it's the one you just quoted, not not anyone can whistle, but um, the one from Follies. You're almost through your memoirs, and you're here, still here. That's you're right. writing a book. I am writing. I, I wrote it in COVID. I'm sure everyone in COVID in the world wrote a book. Uh, but I do have a publisher, thankfully, and the book will be out, you know, mid-next year, hopefully. And, um, yeah, it's quite revealing, I think. It's not just a showbiz memoir. I, I just, you know, people have been at me for years saying you should write something, and and I was thinking, how do I do this? How do I find a way into it that will satisfy me? Because I've, I've always been such a sort of honest, I think, authentic person and performer, if I do say so myself. Um, and I didn't want to read it. I, I didn't want to write a kind of whitewash of my life. I wanted it to be real and I wanted it to be raw and I wanted it to be true. And that's what I've written. Um, and so... I hope people like it. I hope people buy it. I mean, all of the showbiz stories are there and they're all funny and everything, but there's a lot of my early life, which is a bit traumatic, and uh, it's all there. So, yeah, I've I've written a real book. Well, we look forward to it, and uh, hopefully you'll come back and join us on stages and uh, as it's about to be released. Yeah, and talk uh, about it. That'd that'd be great. That'd be great. Happy Christmas, Jeb. Happy Christmas to you. Yeah. So little to be sure of If there's anything at all If there's anything at all I'm sure of Here and now And us together 
with So Little To Be Sure Of by Stephen Sondheim and performed by Geraldine Turner. The Stephen Sondheim songbook uh, by Geraldine Turner is still available, I think, um, through Desiree Records if you are keen to uh, to, to purchase that or find that and uh, highly recommend it. Great, great CD, Kate. She's a great singer. Yeah, great singer. Um, let's, uh, it's Christmas time. Why don't we have a Christmas quiz? Oh, yeah. Like a version of those ones you get inside the crackers. Yes, but these will be better questions. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Let's throw away at me. Okay. How many ghosts show up in A Christmas Carol? Um, is it three? Four. Four. Mm. Who are they? There's the um, ghost of Christmas past, past, the ghost of Christmas future, the ghost of... Well... Is Jacob Marley a ghost? Jacob Marley. Yeah. That's three. Who's the fourth one? Um, Alvira? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that awful? And I've read the book a few times. Oh, my yes, God. I've even seen it on TV. Oh, well. Um, have you got a favourite Christmas film? Mm, yeah, I think it's Love, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know why. Do you know I think it's I like... It's a feel-good film. It's well, it's feel-good. It's got great cards. I like that gorgeous-looking man who stands in the snow and pulls the cards up saying how much he loves Kieran Knightley. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. I don't know why it's pathetic. Well, uh, of, of, obviously, The Miracle on 34th Street oh, is well, a great Christmas film. Well, that film. is a great Christmas. I mean, but, we, I didn't realise you were talking about great Christmas films. Oh, no, just, I well, that's obviously, about, that's, obviously, Love Actually is a film that you can watch every year. Or, or, or more, or may have seen it seven or eight times so that you know the dialogue. It's pretty pathetic. The Miracle on 34th Street. Yes. I'm getting so excited. It's Christmas. There's only one more sleep until Santa arrives. Um, is based on which real-life department store? I know this. Macy's. Yes, correct. <laughs> correct. Woo! All right. Now, in which modern-day country was St. Nicholas born? Um, somewhere in Europe. Yeah. St. Uh, Nicholas. It would 
be Germany? Mm-mm. No, Turkey. Really? A city in the ancient district of Nicaea in Asia Minor. Right. Isn't it? It was originally called Patara. So is that why they serve turkey at Christmas time? <laughs> <laughs> I think it must be the only... Well, I can't ever make any other connection with it, can you? No, no, that I mean, must be the Thanksgiving, reason. Thanksgiving, <laughs> you think, yeah, the poor turkey, you know, then, then it sort of slides over into Christmas. Um, talking of films too, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I watch that every year. It is it's, such it is a, wonderful a magnificent film. film. See, so you're yeah. doing all the great films and I'm doing all the kind of trash. The, oh, that's right. I bet the you like, trash. You probably like Bad Santa as well, do you? Oh, yeah, I don't mind Bad Santa. Well, there's a, quite a few Home Alone. Christmas films. Don't Home mind. Alone's no, great. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Which popular Christmas beverage is also called milk? Oh. Well, that's got to be eggnog. Eggnog, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never heard it called milk punch, though. Me too. Yeah. But, I mean, when you say Christmas beverage, there's only one, isn't there? That's one, yeah. yeah. That you have, yeah. I think, sorry to be such a... Do you make it? Do you have it at Christmas? No. It's probably a cold weather I think drink, so. isn't it? I think you you've can't got really rum have in it on a hot is it summer's day. No, it'd be disgusting. Mm. Brandy. Is it brandy? Oh, is it brandy? And, mm. oh, but wouldn't it it'd curdle, wouldn't it, if it were hot? Mm, I don't yes. know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I've had it. I've had it in England, yeah. and I thought it was okay, but yeah. I'd never do it here. No. All right. So, where was baby Jesus born? In a manger. No, oh, yeah. In what city, dear? Jerusalem. Yes, tick. Uh, and three, the three. What did the three kings? What were the gifts? Uh, myrrh, frankincense, and was it gold? Gold. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Very good. Catholic. Uh, which Hollywood actor? <laughs> <laughs> Catholicism. Catholicism raises great for quick, great for quiz shows. Which Hollywood actor played six different roles in The Polar Express? <gasps> oh my God. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, it was. Woo! Yeah, yeah. How are you doing out there in Listener Land? I hope you're, you're, you're getting some <laughs> of these. You're having questions. fun, are yes. you? And we're having fun. Yay. Yes. Yeah. Oh. All right. Shall I ask you one? Yes, please. In one of your favourite movies, It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. what happened every time a bell rang? Was an angel born? Nearly. An angel died, no? An angel got their wings! Yes! Yes. <laughs> tick. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Yes. Um, Oh, there you go. Ah, oh, sweet. More wings. No, that's lovely. More wings. In Home Alone, where are the McCullisters going on vacation when they leave Kevin behind? They're going to New York? No, Paris. Yes. Yes. Home Alone 2, I think, is in New is York. Is New York, I think yes. so, yeah. yeah. I still like it. I still think it. He's so cute in it, isn't he, that little boy? Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Which one of Santa's reindeer mm. has the same name as another holiday mascot? Oh, Dancer Prancer, Donner Blitzer, Dancer Prancer. Uh, oh my God! So we're thinking of um, holidays. A, a, a holiday mascot. Easter. Is there a is there a reindeer called Bunny? No, that's exactly what I was thinking. Donner and Blitzen and Dancer and Prancer and and Rudolph and Think Love. Oh, Cupid. Cupid, well done. Oh, Valentine's Day, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sweet. That's not Cupid. How many, can you name them all? Dasher Dancer, Donner Blitzen. Yeah. Cupid. Prancer. Prancer. Dasher. Yes. Phil and Jeremy. Yes. <laughs> and Rudolph. <laughs> Rudolph. Of so you've only got. I think there's um, seven all up. Yeah, Six and Rudolph. That's right. Dasher and Dancer and Comet and Blitz and... Comet. You didn't say Comet. Comet, right. That's the only one you missed, I think. Right. Mm. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> well, no, that's perfectly true. Now, all right. So let's go into this. Let me think. According to the song... What did my true love give to me on the eighth day of Christmas? Oh. Five golden rings. Four calling birds, three French Oh, that's going the wrong way. We need to go. Eight maids are milking. Oh, my God, you're right. Perfect. All right. Merry Christmas. If you were in Spain, how would you say it? Something like... 
One Natale or something. No, no, no I don't know. Oh, uh, uh, oh, you know it. Of course you know it. It's a uh, Christmas song. Oh, oh, my God, what? No, I don't know. Feliz Navidad. Oh, my God. Feliz Navidad. That's right. What about um, Hawaii? On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. Mele kalikimaka. You know that one, the Bing Crosby song? No. Oh. oh, my God, I'm so impressed. That's fantastic. I've go. never even heard that before. All right. I'll, have wow. to, I'll play it for you after we finish. All right, today. I'd love yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's, another one each. Okay, all right. Um, what did Frosty the Snowman do when a magic hat was placed on his head? Oh. Frosty the Snowman. He placed a hat put on his head. Did he... Did he grow hair? No. Did he... Um, uh, will you give me a clue? <laughs> he, he, he smoked a joint no. and looked at the sky. <laughs> he danced around. He danced around. Yes, Very good. Very good. that's right. Okay. All right. Um, and finally, which yes. fairy tale was the first gingerbread houses inspired by Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Spot on. Spot on. All right. Okay. And we could say what country started the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree? Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's I great. like that. That's good. That's better than pulling a cracker. Yay. They're yeah. much better questions. Yeah. Do you think maybe we should produce a set of special stages kind of bonbons next year? Well, we can start we making can them. work on that. Yeah. Yes. We can put really good sort of... Really good jokes inside. Jo- good jokes and good questions and all of that. Yeah. What about that? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, good. Right. So, um, this is the end of the fourth series. Wow. Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> As you go to page two. <laughs> so you're finishing up the fourth year. This, it's incredible to think it has been four years. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I am... Uh, Astounded, actually, that it's gone so quickly. Um, and it's been terrific. I mean, we're not. There's no sign of slowing down or, or, or stopping at the moment. But um, we finished the year on episode 262. <gasps> that's what this episode is. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. So that's that's great. And so many wonderful people um, have been the subjects of of uh, conversations. And certainly going into 2022, there's a lot of excitement coming your way, dear listener, uh, <laughs> over the next year. Well, I must say I've loved remembering people that I kind not forgotten, but sort of hadn't heard about for a long time, or or, or actually finding out things that I never knew about some people I thought I knew quite well, yeah. and suddenly you, what you you know dig out of them, you think, oh my God, I didn't know they did X, Y, and Z. You know, I think yeah. it's I love it. I really think it's fantastic. Everyone has a wonderful story to tell. Mm. 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 So. And so many people are. Well, how many Eps? Were there this, this year? We're finishing on 262, but I managed to get out about 70 episodes this year. So That's what I mean. I set myself a little challenge of doing two um, a week because I wanted to build the archive. Um, I, I always said that I would pull back a little bit next year, but it seems to be just as busy <laughs> as, you know... That's fantastic. As, ...as ever. As people start to contact me and say, you know... Let's let's also be the subject of an episode. So, oh, and that's, that's very what, exciting. That's well, it is, but it's a great compliment to you, I think, mm. because I mean they see what you, you've done. I mean, you you do wonderful things. People, you know, even kind of very boring people, you make sound <laughs> <laughs> like me. I mean, you make us sound better. You make us, uh, you know. I I guess we relax with you. Lockdown was a bit of a challenge. Yes, I know. What happened? Because we we couldn't do these conversations in person. It's so lovely to sit opposite the yeah, table with you now, Kate, and and have this rapport. Yeah. But certainly in lockdown, a lot of the um, did you do it? Zoom? The interviews were done via Zoom, Zoom the Zoom oh platform, and then we all discovered Zoom. And <sighs> look, it's for recording the conversations that we did do. It was wonderful. I mean, it can't replace sitting down in person yeah. but um, it was wonderful that we had uh, Zoom available and managed to get out uh, a whole lot of terrific conversations I did one terrible audition on Zoom it was, it was for a very big part and I was in my friend's bedroom that had sort of black walls because I didn't have Zoom I don't know why but anyway he and for some reason I was mesmerised by the side of my face which was the colour of a beetroot you know in the little bottom box oh, yes. and I just kept going 
oh my god look at that and it was because of the daylight and the black walls and the thing and of course we didn't know how to adjust the lights so I didn't get the job anyway now there was certainly an art to making yourself look good on Zoom, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. You had well, I didn't ever manage it. Choose what your background was yes. and the lighting. Do, it was very difficult. Mm. And this proved it because, you know, it was absolutely shocking. And it was a wonderful job that I would have liked and I nearly got, but when they saw the Zoom, they just said no. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about, have you started replaying any of your... Yes, yes. I... Um, I came to the realisation, looking at my statistics, that people were listening to the last maybe 12, 15 episodes because that's what was there in their feeds on Spotify or iTunes or whatever. But, of course, there are so many wonderful conversations dating back four years. And unless you go specifically looking for them because you know they're there, they can't be located. So I have started replaying episodes um, so that people can uh, listen to them for the first time or savour a, a second listen. And they've been very popular okay. and I've been able to sort of highlight uh, a lot of those early guests and uh, no doubt you'll be replaced <laughs> in, uh, in 2022, Kate. Oh, my God. Now, what do you look... Speaking of 2020, mm. doesn't 2022 sound better than 2021? I mean, I know it was a crap year and we all had a terrible time. Well, we're all looking it, forward to 2022. That sounded 20, okay as sounds, well. well. But 2022 sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds like... All those twos, all those little little ducks, two, two, two. Now, listen, do you think we should talk about all the fabulous people that are going to appear in... Next year, 2022. Yes, that's the exciting thing. Uh, Theatres are starting to to happen again. We're starting to see things, and I've spoken to several people in recent months about what we can look forward to in 2022. Including the Crossroads. Crossroads Live. It used to be that used to be John Frost Company, yeah, Gordon Frost Organisation. Right. Is he not involved in it anymore? He is. No, oh, he's he there. Is. But he oh, sold good. he sold GFO to oh, right. Crossroads Live, which is an international producing company, and they're doing some great shows. They're doing Cinderella. So what is it? Cinderella like Roger, ballet or not? No, Rogers and Hammerstein wrote a version of Cinderella. Really? Yeah, yeah. And this is a, a great production. That's uh, will feature Tina Bursell. <gasps> really? Yes, and oh, Todd how McKinney. lovely. Oh, wow. Mm, mm. So is Tina playing the fairy? No, no, no. no. Um, the fairy godmother, no, no. I think she's playing the stepmother. Oh, the stepmother. The well, very, that'd be a good part. Very glamorous. Yes, evil and, and mean and nasty. Mm-hmm. Oh, Not that Tina is mean and nasty. No. She's the most no, beautiful she, woman. She, she was is a, adorable. She was a guest several episodes ago. And I adore her as well, but I mean, they're the best parts, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I was thinking I'd like to play the fairy, but... They'll get someone young and gorgeous to play there. Well, Sylvie Palladino is playing. Oh, is she? Well, there you go, you see. No, dear, damn. Okay. GWB Entertainment are currently presenting Jagged Little Pill at the Theatre Royal Mm. in Sydney before it goes on a a, a tour down to Melbourne. Girl from North Country is coming up for the Sydney Festival, presented by GWB. And I can't wait to see American in Paris, (gasps) which goes on an Australian tour. It's um, going to all of the state capitals uh, and then coming to Sydney in uh, in April. Wow. I shouldn't just talk about being Sydney-centric, although we're sitting in Sydney at the moment, Kate, but of well, course... Um, so we could talk about the QTC. It's playing, it's playing QPAC in Brisbane oh. and uh, wow. playing um, the uh, Theatre in Melbourne. I've forgotten at the moment. But QTC, yes. QTC, Lee Lewis. Lee Lewis I spoke to, a Queensland Theatre Company. They've got a terrific season uh, for 2022 and that you can check out more by listening to that conversation with Lee and I also spoke to Mitchell Butel from the State Theatre Company of South Australia yeah and doing Mm. phenomenal work over there uh, at uh, in Adelaide because you're an Adelaide girl aren't you I am I went to school there you went to school there did did. you do much at um State State Theatre Company of South Australia never done anything really well I we toured in significance right and we played it there but now I just went from school to night and that was it I mean, it's kind of... So I've only ever been back in a festival straight out of NIDA. I did the Adelaide Festival. I did a Queensland play called The Lotus Eaters. Mm. I was the only girl, 18 men in the cast. Mm. And I wore a skirt so short that I literally could hardly sit down in it, mm. you know, because it was... Mm. They thought that was funny, I think. Dear, and dear. Um, and I did Insignificance. And, and I did... We Played toured Big Toys... There too. Patrick White. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's it, I think. Well, Mitchell, if you're listening. Yeah, Mitch. 
Um, I love you, remember? Kate Fitzpatrick. <laughs> uh, Darlinghurst Theatre Company, yeah. I spoke to Glenn Terry there. He's departing uh, as artistic director for the last 30 years. He's done that and done wow. phenomenal jobs with uh, yeah, beautiful. that theatre company. But they've got their season uh, just announced. And you can check that out online. Wow. Where's he going, do you know? He's just going to have a rest for a while, I think, but I'm sure it's not the last that we've heard from, heard from him. Glenn. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. So, The Phantom of the Opera? Opera Australia. Whoa. Have you been to Opera on the Harbour? I have. I, it was unbelievable. I just couldn't... It was the most beautiful thing. The, I mean, I couldn't get over that. The size of the sh- Brian Thompson's chandelier, you know, it was There about, was La Traviata. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. I thought it was so... It was a magical night. You know, those black velvet nights with all these diamonds in the sky, mm. you know, that mm. was like ridiculous. It was like something you, you kind of invented or you'd made up in your mind. And I, and this slanting kind of stage and a, what, a 120 foot silver leather <laughs> Chesterfield sofa, <laughs> the biggest sofa you've ever seen in your life. It was impressive. And yeah. this gigantic chandelier and these wonderful voices and the beautiful music and it was fantastic. Yeah, it's a great, great night on the uh, on the Sydney calendar. But Phantom of the Opera, I can't wait to see what they do with that and what they do with the chandelier. Uh, I know it needs its own kind of building, doesn't it? Yes. (laughs) And what about Moulin Rouge? Moulin Rouge, I'm going to see that um, in uh, in Melbourne uh, late December. Can't wait, but it's in Sydney in May. Uh And I spoke to previously in episode Simon Burke and Rodney Dobson. And Lisetta Stapleton, who's working in wardrobe um, on Moulin Rouge, and they're having a great time. Are they? So, yeah. Is she related to those other Stapletons? Uh, no. Those acting ones? No, I don't oh, believe okay. so. I don't believe so. Just ask. But um, yeah, look. So as you can see, dear listeners, there are a host of um, past episodes in the archive <laughs> that you can listen to over the summer break. Yes. Kate, I want to say thank you to a few folk who have been wonderful in supporting me and the podcast and helping me with research and connections and all that sort of thing. So um, Kate Gall, Stephen Ritchie, Geraldine Turner, Brian Castles, Onion, uh, Jansen Antman, um, Ian Phipps, uh, Christy at Opera Australia, Laura at QTC, Lucky Star Media, Martin Croft, Scott Hendry, Terry Clark, Sarah Watton, Barry Creighton, Anthony Blair... Um, the um, uh, Robert um, at Crossroads Live, um, Rick's Management, uh, TS Publicity, uh, they've all been fantastic in, in connecting me with people and um, helping me with the information um, that I access in research to, uh, to give the best interview I can with the guests that have featured on podcast. I've got a couple of... Um, regular listeners who are very generous with their comments on social media on Twitter and Facebook so Alan Maybury if you're listening and Shane Hewitt thank you so much I really appreciate your your very generous is that the Melbourne Shane Hewitt yeah I love him hi is Shane you know Shane yeah I do yeah I do great I'm yet to meet Shane in person but but oh he's a lovely lovely person oh no he's gorgeous and it's so nice when when you hear from People who are avid listeners. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Enjoy what you're doing. Sorry, Alan, I don't know you, but I'm sure you're adorable. You <laughs> will appreciate that that call out, Kate. So, so very good. So, I'm very sorry if I've missed anyone there. Please let me know, and I will certainly rectify that uh, in the new year when we're back. Stages will be back in March uh, with a whole lot of um, guests lined up already. I'm doing some interviews when I'm down in Melbourne in in January and. Um, I think I'm going to be flat chat. Busy, busy again, Kate. Um, thank you for uh, for joining us in this Christmas episode. It is This is our annual thing, isn't it? Having lunch, <laughs> I love this. I bottle of champagne. A, and boom, we're on. And boom, we're on. It's wonderful. <laughs> yes, it's fun. Thank you for inviting me. I was thrilled. No, it's always I thought maybe you had enough last year. I don't know. I knew it. You can never have enough of Kate Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so happy Christmas. Have thank a, you. Um, Same to you. A lovely, lovely time. Happy thank Christmas you. to you, dear listener. Um, and uh, all the best for 2022. Let's hope it's a, it's a brilliant one. And to take us out, we've got the cast of Nine to Five doing their rendition of Jingle Bells. You'll be listening to Marina Pryor, Erin Clare, Eddie Perfect, Casey Donovan and Caroline O'Connor in this rendition. It's a lot of fun and the perfect way to take uh, the Stages podcast out for 2021. Series 4. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Keep well, keep warm, stay safe, and I'll catch you next time. Bye.